first uh, Development Hell podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Harches. You may know me from uh, Twitter as C. Harches, where I project a very uh, grumpy personality on topics to do with programming. I'm joined by Ed. Ed, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello there. I'm Ed Finkler. Uh, yeah, I'm Ed Finkler. You might know me uh, as Funkatron on Twitter. Um, and I've been doing web programming and stuff for a long time. And for the past year or so, I've been working on Gimme Bar. That's kind of like what I do. And that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of PHP stuff lately. I've done a lot of JavaScript stuff the past few years. and Stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I usually am just kind of making stuff up and talking out my ass. So, I don't know. Sometimes people pay attention to it. Some, they probably shouldn't, but they do. Well, you know, because we speak uh, from a position of uh, perceived authority, I guess is the right thing to say, right? Yeah, that, I've always felt that that's malarkey because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure other people don't, too. I guess I'm, I'm pretty suspicious of people who are all too certain about what they do. Or, like, you know, who are too, too sure of themselves. I tend to think that they're probably wrong. Uh, and dangerous. So I guess I'd rather be aware of the fact that I'm probably wrong and also dangerous. So I think that's safer for everybody. Yeah. So just to give uh, some of our listeners, and there may only be one of them other than us, some background on why we're doing this. Uh, Ed had posted on Twitter that he thought that he should really do a podcast. And as soon as I saw that, I kind of leapt on it because I had been actually banding about doing something like this where I was sort of thing of interviewing people from the programming communities, the various ones, and just talking to them and trying to get their thoughts on, on topics that come up. So uh, Ed agreed uh, immediately. And so we've come up with this idea of this podcast that we're calling Development Hell, where basically Ed and I are going to pick a topic and we're just going to riff on it and start talking about it and we're going to see where it goes. And then I think I think uh, Ed and I will, will be able to tell when we've talked enough and we've veered completely off topic. Yeah, usually I come to the conclusion that I've talked enough when I um, when everybody has has stopped uh, saying anything or like even trying to interrupt me. <laughs> and at that point, then I figure that probably I should shut up. But that's usually like 20 or 30 minutes later than it should have been. Um, but the good thing is that I had kind of a horrible day like uh, at the job, so uh, I'm really tired, so it might not be as bad as uh, as it may be as it has been other times. But yeah, I'm kind of notorious for not being able to shut the hell up about stuff. So it should be interesting. Uh, yeah. So also to get back to since I'm a big egomaniac, I'm talking about myself for a little bit. Uh, I like Ed have done quite a bit of uh, PHP work. I don't know. I've been using PHP for about 14 years. I don't know how long Ed has been doing it, but. Um, so basically my whole career has been PHP with a smattering of uh, Python for server-side stuff and, of course, the uh, ever-ubiquitous uh, uh, JavaScript. Uh, so these days I work uh, with another PHP community member, Ben Ramsey, at uh, Moontoast uh, at a startup. Uh, similar to a situation with Ed, um, that he's working at a startup as well. Although I joke with Ed that, uh, that our startup, we actually have convinced some people, though not enough, to actually pay us money. So that's a good thing. Yeah, so that's a so, big difference from yeah. what we do. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what I do is I do mostly server side work there, and we're building what's being touted as a um, social media, uh, social commerce 
platform and that we're trying to help uh, companies by providing them with tools, mostly as software as a service, to help them uh, use uh, social media like Facebook and Twitter and and their own websites to help them uh, sell stuff to people a lot easier. Because there's a lot of friction involved in that and we're just trying to make things easier. So Ed and I bandied about what our first topic was going to be. And so we decided it was very appropriate that we could talk about um, why we hate PHP. And, uh, and it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, um, but I think anyone who uses a tool long enough wants to become proficient, they learn to see nothing but the flaws that exist in that particular tool. So um, I guess I'll start off a little bit. Since I know that these days you do an awful lot of JavaScript, and I'm probably doing a lot more pure PHP stuff than you are. So... I think that a lot of PHP's problems are of a, a PR nature now. I mean, um, PHP has a bad rap for a bunch of reasons. Some of the most famous ones are inconsistency in, uh, um, in its functions, uh, even within a particular subset of functions. The famous issues being things to do with arrays. You have uh, haystack and needle. You have needle versus haystack. You have uh, really a lot of inconsistency. And I think that's what drives people who... I hate to use the term because it's obvious, but uh, hipster programmers who always want the shiny and they also want the consistent because it saves them from having to think about, I mean, I don't know about you, Ed, but I don't have, uh, I don't have the order of parameters for a lot of function memorized. I go look it up on php.net if I can't remember it. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's kind of funny thing that uh, I've had very few, this is going someplace related to what you said. I promise. I've had very few, jobs that i've had that i've had to actually like really interview for like most of the most of the jobs i've gotten i uh just knew people i knew the people who were working there and it was like yeah it seems like it's working out and you know whatever so but you know they'll they'll do stuff like you know i've had occasion to do it where they you know you go into an interview or quote unquote interview and it ends up being more like a quiz and i've always thought that you know, to some extent, I think you got to be able to know what you're talking about. And maybe that's just a, I guess I, to some extent, I can kind of understand that. But a lot of that stuff, I, I don't have this shit memorized, dude. I don't know, you know, a lot. I, I got to look it up. I mean, I, like, like I can keep memorized all these, you know, global functions I got. I can't even remember, like, what, like, even what function I should call half the time for, like, to do something in an array. Like, I was looking for something today. Is there a function built into PHP that lets me like that lets me search an array, um, like if I have an array of objects and examine each one of those? And no, I, I probably maybe there is, and I didn't figure it out. <laughs> uh, I no, I don't think there is. I mean, because I don't know, I didn't have to do it for a while, right? So then, you know, nine months later, then when I do have to do it again, I don't remember what I did back then, so. And looking it up, and you know, and it, yeah, I, I mean, so I did it the least efficient way possible, where I just iterate over it with a for each loop, right? But you know, and then just check it, and if it if it's there, then I return it, and if not, what you know, that's fine, that works. It's probably not the most efficient way to search stuff. I probably could use some algorithm that they teach in a CS class, but I wasn't paying attention in those classes. So you know, yeah, I. I guess the point, yeah, I think that's that's always kind of BS, the notion that you would have this kind of stuff memorized. Now, I think it does, I think PHP makes it a lot harder to do, to memorize, like to keep that stuff, uh, you know, on target, uh, just because there's so much, there's so many, like, little pieces of information 
to keep track of. And uh, a lot of it, like if you don't really keep track of it, it kind of ends up biting you in the ass. And it, it def- I, I, PHP definitely does have more like think- pieces of information that are not like non-obvious pieces of information, or like that don't necessarily follow from one another. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree, and I also think that you know, as part of the PR uh, problem too that we're looking at here is that that the you know the uh, landscape of available functionality for PHP is humongous between the core functions and all the extensions you can add on. Um, you know, for a lot of programmers, I think what irks them is any sort any environment with a language that lets you do things multiple ways because. Really, you want one, I think most uh, developers would appreciate one canonical way to do something. And PHP just has so many entry points, simply because it's, it's the way it was built is totally um, ad hoc. I mean, Rasmus himself has basically said PHP start off as a, as a toolkit, a thin layer over um, Perl in many ways, just to let him accomplish a certain task. And really, you can see that, I, I think, even over the years, that PHP still has retained that characteristic that Rasmus likes, where Rasmus, he's, Rasmus would give this talk at conferences, and I would cringe because he would say he hates programming, but he likes solving problems. So, um, right, right, right. you know, so when, when you hear the guy who's like the driving force behind a language say stuff like that, I mean, I understand the perspective and the context, but man, that's brutal. It's, it just, it just uh, adds more fuel to the fire for people who are looking uh, for something to hate about PHP. So, uh, yeah, you know, so I struggle with that all the time. I waffle between I've done everything that I want to do with PHP and let's move on to other languages. And then I get caught in the insidious trap of the longer I work with PHP, the harder it is to just toss that all away and say, I'm going to start off and make a clean break and go work in Python or, or Ruby or or join the Erlang hippies, or do whatever it is other than just PHP, you know? Right, right. You, you, I, ever, you, ever feel, you ever feel that way, Ed, that sometimes you get trapped with the experience with the language, and it comes to a point where, like, you'd have to toss everything away and likely a big chunk of your paycheck to sever yourself from the, from the, the, the tool that you've used the most? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, at least in my experience and, you know, how I've, I've tended to interact with this stuff, and how I've tended to learn things is based on need. It's it's I've I, I kind of I started going down a PHP path uh, many many years ago, like I don't know 13, 14 years ago, and that's I I, I don't regret that. I think that's worked out pretty well. Um, but I think that you get to a point uh, nowadays. What I find a lot of it is um, well, I know how to do it using these this stack which is PHP plus a few other things. And so it's going to be by far the most efficient way for me to build something, you know, is going to be doing it, doing it this way. And so it's really hard to justify, especially if it's something like, a, you know, a real job as opposed to something you're just screwing around with. It's really hard to justify, hey, I'm going to, you know, take this opportunity to learn an entire new uh, language and environment. And usually what I found is that it's not just the language, but it's the environment that goes along with that, sort of like the, 
Yeah, I guess the environment, you know, the tools that are associated with it for things like package management and configuration of the platform and all this kind of junk. Um, but there's a lot of stuff there that I think that's that's peripheral to the language, but really important. That if you don't know that stuff, it, it it's uh, you're you're definitely at a disadvantage. Anyway, so there's a lot there's a lot of that stuff that is hard. It would be really hard for me to go into some job and say, hey, you know, I don't I I've done like three different small programs in Python, but I think I want to use this opportunity to use it for this language or use it for this project and. I I don't know. I have hard. I, I it would be hard for me to stomach trying to sell that because I you know I don't think it's a particularly a great use of everybody's time. You know what I mean? Um, there's not like a big technical advantage. I think um, at least you know from from where I'm coming from. Uh, so yeah, that that's 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 kind of problematic. And you get into this point where it's. It's by far the easiest way to solve this problem, but you don't particularly enjoy doing it because there's this other aspect of it where, you know, sometimes we're, uh, sometimes we are, we're pretty negative about folks. It seems like they're kind of moving on to the, you know, the hot new thing. And I can certainly understand that. I'm, I'm pretty negative of that stuff a lot of the time. But by the same token, I do enjoy learning new things, right? And, you want to, uh, I think that's one of the things that drives uh, people who really enjoy doing this kind of work is that you enjoy learning new things and, you, you, you know, you, and solving problems um, in better ways or more efficient ways or stuff like that, right? So that's all cool. Um, but I, I think you get, you get to this point where you kind of want to learn new stuff. And, and, I don't think I think some of it is cultural and some of it's not. I, there's, but I think there's some practical things that I've run into with PHP that have become problematic over the years. And when I've done, I've had some reasons to explore other languages, and they have turned out they've sort of exposed me to some stuff that now bothers me about PHP. So one of the things that I I, I like about five years ago, I got into doing um, JavaScript development. And at the time I did it because I wanted to do a desktop applications in, on top of the Adobe Air framework and, uh, or on that platform. And you could write applications in HTML JavaScript. So and I this, did, was, this was the stuff that you did with Spaz, right? Right. So Spaz started out as a desktop application. And that's, I had done a little bit of JavaScript before, but it was really, really lightweight. I didn't really understand like fundamental paradigms of the language kind of stuff. I really didn't know what I was doing. It was just a little hackery around kind of junk, right? Um, so that was a really good experience for me in terms of learning new stuff because it gave me a strong motivation to dive into a, a, a new language and really learn it very well. And and JavaScript was helpful, was, was cool in the sense that it's very different from PHP in a lot of fundamental ways, like the way that the object model and inheritance systems work. Um, it's a JavaScript itself. The core job of the JavaScript language is actually very, very small um, compared to uh, PHP. Like it has a very small set of stuff that's in the core. There's a very small set of standard objects. There's a very small set of methods on each of those objects and things like that. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Like array stuff actually, I think works out pretty well, although arrays are kind of different in, 
arrays are actually really cool in in PHP because they're so open ended. They're not sort of like arrays in most other languages that are just you know um, they're always a single type or they're they can only be numerically indexed or what have you. Yeah, like right. in PHP. Uh, sorry, like in Python where you have arrays that are lists and you have arrays that are dictionaries and, you know, um, where a lot of languages uh, seem to treat them as a little bit special. But PHP, that's one thing you can say that PHP has wholly embraced the array as a very useful um, data structure. Right. And I, I think that it, that is really useful. And I, and I, uh, I think that's, that's a really cool thing about, about PHP. Um, I, for example, uh, the the date handling in JavaScript is is really really bad, and it is really really good in PHP. With PHP, you can do all tons of different kinds of stuff with date manipulation. That, uh, and JavaScript, it is awful in comparison. Really really bad. Um. So, but it was really good because it forced me to learn, you know, a really fundamentally different way of structuring things and. You know, I so over the years I, I got I got a really a strong amount of uh, a really you know big level knowledge big level knowledge oh, that's a great term <laughs> I got a really a, a fairly high level knowledge about that stuff because it was just it, I had this compelling project that I kept working on kept working on kept working on um, so that's when you're excited about working on a project that is the best motivator to learn something right because that keeps driving you to do it. Um, and to push through stuff that otherwise is really a barrier. Okay, so, but I can't, there was, you know, so one of the things is that JavaScript um, has lots of new and kind of exciting stuff happening in it, and, and uh, you know, JavaScript being used in different areas, like getting outside of just web browsers, um, using it in terms, in, like, you know, web platforms, like, uh, for to make, Installable applications like desktop and mobile applications, stuff like that. That's interesting. Um, and then uh, server side stuff, like you have with um, uh, that you know, I've had things like Rhino and stuff like that in the past. But the, by far the most popular one has been Node.js, right? Right. And absolutely. so one of the things that I hit, like maybe it's a year ago or something like that, was that you know I just a lot of times I wanted to use Node, not you know, like a lot of people would want to be like I. They, you know, there's folks building, like, trying to do full-stack frameworks in it, where it's, like, got templating libraries and middleware to connect to databases and, you know, session tracking stuff. I don't, you know, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I've, I've done that already in PHP. That's not really particularly compelling to me anymore. Um, I, the, uh, but what I did want to do was I thought it was interesting to use Node.js to write things like system utilities and, like, utilities to do different kinds of things, like processing data and you know, this and yeah, I've I've uh, I've asked people who I follow on Twitter who are big uh, on the server side JavaScript stuff to ask them, you know, what is Node really uh, well suited for? And the overwhelming answer that I seem to get back is for writing system level um, daemons, right? Yeah. Uh, you're writing little services. So this brings me around to something else that I wanted to uh, to, to talk to you about to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. I've done a lot of work uh, server side with PHP with writing. Uh, long-running scripts and stuff. And one of the reasons why I... One of the things that, I, that bothered me immensely, and this goes back to my um, to my desire to have uh, testable applications, because I'm always going on and on about that. 
uh, on Twitter. You know, I mean, you know me. I'm the testing guy. I'm like, no, come on, then put the effort in, get some tests going. And I'll admit that I sometimes suffer from the uh, uh, cobbler's uh, children's syndrome, where my own code doesn't have the test coverage that it should, much like how the the shoemaker's uh, kids are running around in bare feet. So, um, so you know, this is one area where where I think that. PHP was born on the web, and I still think, and, the, and people can shit on me for this all they want, is that PHP still really has won the battle for the web as the, as the tool most suited to doing stuff strictly web-related. And that hurts PHP when you're trying to do non-web stuff, where, where you end up having to do a lot of convoluted things that are solvable um, in other languages. And... Uh, that's part of why I started looking at Python to do server side because I dabbled with Ruby a long time ago, even back before Rails 1.0. I actually um, turned down a, a Rails gig at one point to go do more PHP stuff. So I kind of was into that for a little bit. And and it just seemed to me that it, it's, it's a very weird experience if you're used to PHP that you go to other languages where all the web support, uh, what's the right phrase, are like bolted onto it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where, and I look at Python and how it's structured, and, and I've dabbled with Django and some of the other kind of micro frameworks, and uh, it would be interesting to get Travis uh, Swicegood on for a talk about his um, Python versus PHP thoughts, because I'm sure he could go on and fill an hour and a half of talking to us about that. Yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, yeah, and, and just it just seemed that I started for the server-side stuff. I felt it's like, Use the right tool for the right job. Pick something that grew up on the server and existed on the server and that people have done a good job. What I see missing from the PHP world is elegance. Elegance in how libraries fit together. Elegance in tools. Elegance in frameworks. Now, uh, I don't know. Do you share that opinion? Or is it just me who looks at it as being a, a, being a code snob? Um, I don't think you're wrong. I, I And I guess this, this gets into... This kind of gets into, you know, kind of where I was going with, like, I was talking about Node. And one of the nice things about Node, um, and I guess JavaScript in general, is that maybe it's because it's early on. And that certainly has a lot to do with it. Uh, but there's, with Node, there's one guy did a package manager, the NPM, Node yeah. Package Management or Manager tool. And... What I found really nice, it was sort of revelatory to me, um, but it's just I happened to discover it with this. It's not like this doesn't exist with other, like, probably gems and pip and junk like that. Um, is that I, I was like, hey, you know, I want to write something like this that, like, parses feeds, like like RSS feeds or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It was something of that nature. And like, oh, you know, I bet I could do something like this with Node, and then I could, you know, build a little utility that's going to pull down data and do some kind of pr- data processing for me. Well, and I just looked up an NPM and I was like, oh, there's the package, and I install it. And you know what was awesome about it? Is it just installed, I didn't have to look around, like, all over the place to try to find this utility. I just said, hey, look in, you know, there was just one central location where I grabbed this library, and this library did not, like, only work with one particular large full-stack framework. Like, it was, I didn't have to, say, install all of you know, uh, you know, a, a 15 megabyte, uh, you know, big framework of uh, tool uh, of code, I could just use that one library and I knew it was going to work, right? And I really, 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 really <laughs> like that. 
because well, come on, Ed, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I really it. like that because <laughs> I don't, you know, what I just want a library that's going to let me do this and solve this problem for me easily, and I don't want it to do anything else for me. I I don't want a full stack framework anymore, and I I'm not sure why, uh, but for one reason or another, and there are probably very good reasons for it. Um, there was a lot of work put in PHP in the PHP community put into developing these like large full stack frameworks. And now what I think you've got happening is that there are lots and lots of people who are very good, like like who are very good and very knowledgeable and have tons of expertise in these particular frameworks. But there's not really like much of a just. I guess you'd call core PHP community people who just like writing stuff in PHP. Like, go around and try to find a like a really solid. Let's just say something stupid like like a really top notch, well put together, um, a XML feed parser for PHP that does not is not part of another a larger framework of uh, of code. There isn't one. You're absolutely right. I, I, I think you I think part of my personal experience again with me also being Mr. Framework guy having uh, tried so many different frameworks in PHP is that I think because of with PHP having such a low barrier to entry being so easy to pick up that that there is a tendency to want to do the full stack kitchen sink framework to make it easier for beginners because I think really if you want to look realistically even look at it this way Ed, if you look at it in terms of the skill level required to get up to speed with uh, PHP as opposed to the skill level required to get up to speed with Node. Even just compare oh, and contrast yeah. those two. Or even just, let's not, let's not pick on Node, but let's even just look at JavaScript itself, right? It's easier to, it's easier to get something working in PHP than it is in JavaScript. That's so you have, yeah. right. So you're going to have a, a group of developers who you want them to use PHP. They need the handholding. They're they're going they're going to expect everything to be provided for them. Whereas where a language gets tougher, I think you you start getting into self selecting groups of people who are more willing to to dig around and figure stuff out. I mean, the barrier to entry for doing web stuff for Python, Django makes it easy, but Django is at its very heart very uh, Pythonic, and and you do actually have to know Python uh, to a reasonable degree in order to build anything beyond. Um, hello world. Whereas with PHP, I mean, you can literally just cut and paste five or six snippets that you find somewhere, and you have a you could have a pretty decent working application. So I yeah. think you're I think you're right though. Also, part of the thing too, the friction in PHP is that I don't think any of the core devs uh, have anything nice to say about any framework at all. So um, so there's a tendency for the core PHP uh, group to kind of disdain them and say. There's no need for them. They're useless. They're uh, resource hogs. And so uh, you get this constant conflicting message. Now, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of the, the full stack uh, framework anymore. I think that's because I've worked with so many of them, and I've learned how they all work. And now I'm like, okay, I want to take this generic knowledge, and then I just want to extract the bits and pieces that solves the problems that I don't feel like um, writing anymore. Here's another example of something you probably would have a hard time finding. Access control layer, ACL implementations. Yeah. They're all hugely tied to the particular framework. Zend ACL, I don't know what Symphony used to have, 
But the trend, I think the trend is swinging back the other way. Symphony 2 goes on and on about how it's all modular. And uh, and the Zen Framework boys are playing catch-up to get everyone to believe the same thing um, with uh, Zen Framework 2. Yeah. So, like I, I, and I, I love a lot of the guys who are involved in those projects, but I consider it modular when I don't have to download anything but a, you know one file right and and uh, and include that file i if i have to include a bunch more like if i have to include things even base things like error handlers or junk like that that's out the door you know that doesn't do anything for me so i don't know maybe that's fundamentally changed like in zf2 or that's changed in symphony 2 i don't know no i don't think so because i mean when yeah when i look at those things i do follow them closely i look at them and i say yeah it's it's for all the talk of it's small and modular, yeah, they do have little modules, but you know what? A lot of them still depend on other stuff. Uh, you look at an example of Silex, which builds itself as a micro framework built using Symphony uh, 2 components, which is kind of similar to like, I don't know if you've ever seen Sinatra on the um, Ruby side of things or heard of Sinatra. Yeah, I've looked into that. I, I'm sort of familiar with it. I haven't done any Sinatra work, but I've done um, some stuff with sort of similar yeah. Uh, frameworks in PHP like Limeade and junk like that. Right, right. So, 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 yeah. They said, "Oh, just use some of these components." But there's a. I mean, I know that uh, um, Jefferson Jones was showing me some of this stuff, and it's like, wow, that's a that's a shit ton of dependencies being pulled into to allow you to use uh, what they're billing as a as a micro framework. Because with micro framework, you're thinking, oh, it's only a few little includes and all they're going to do is they're going to handle routing and request handling for me. And then I'll get in and write all this other stuff. And then I think people are going to discover that uh, when you use a framework, I know I've talked about this before that you become trapped by the framework and it becomes very, very difficult um, to, uh, to extract uh, from it. It's almost like uh, it's almost like an abusive relationship that you end up with these frameworks where, you know, it's like you, they're, they're good as long as you follow the little narrow paradigms that they have been built around. And that's not the fault of the people who build these things. They build them to solve their own particular problems, and then they start trying to throw generic stuff on top of it to solve other people's problems. But at its very heart, whatever the original goal was, that, that particular framework will always, always display those characteristics. Now, you said something interesting that I, that I also – about Node, about the NPM, the packaging manager, which I think is an awesome thing too. In the PHP world, I think you can agree with me too, Ed, that the packaging ecosystem is just bullshit. It's just ridiculous. That that yeah. that pair had pair has the potential to be so good, and it just it's just it's just not there. It's not quite there. And now I see this this composer thing that the symphony guys are pushing as an alternative to pair. I look at that and go, yeah, this is the pair thing all over again. When when I look at I, when I look at Python and I see Python's import stuff where you explicitly import modules. There's none of this include once. There's none of this require once. Uh, when you load it, it will tell you right away. It, 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 it's, it's a, it, you, can't, you can't fall into that same sort of uh, the anti-pattern that happens in PHP if you choose not to go with auto-loading. Uh, if you're always having to do defensive includes, require onces, include onces. Uh, on the Python side of things, it's like it's a nice, almost like chain, that uh, almost like a waterfall type thing where you start off at the top and you include it. And then once you include it, it's available to you uh, to everywhere that it follows from that. So it beca- it, managing dependencies is so much easier in something like Python than it is in PHP. And that's really, that's like a, uh, that's really an anti-pattern of PHP, the include ones. Do you, I mean, on your, on your code for Gimme Bear, you guys use lithium, right? 
Yeah. So, so well, a lot of the PHP stuff. Now, does lithium do auto loading? Does it have its own auto loading structure in place? It does. Um, you know, lithium is actually a really strong. I think a really strong framework. I think um, it suffers uh, a fair bit from not a lot of uh, great documentation for it. Sort of like entry level documentation. It's one of those frameworks that you have to be prepared to actually go into the code and read it to understand it, I think. And I think that holds it back some. Um, lithium has does a lot of really cool stuff, and it certainly supports... Uh, it's pretty forward-thinking, and it supports things like auto-loading and stuff, but it uh, and has some functionality that you... The thing is, anything I say about this, I'll get yelled at by Nate or something <laughs> like that, right? Because I'll probably be wrong about it. Um but it it's definitely it, it's a, it, you can you can specify what libraries you're going to load spe- like be specific about it and i think you get some performance increase out of that um and that's that's sort of a php function of, as doing it that way as opposed to doing it via the auto loading system we really use kind of a combination of stuff we use lithium on sort of that php layer um we're also using uh frappy um which is a Basically, a way. Uh, it's really a framework for building RESTful APIs quickly. Yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Frappy fan. Right. I know that, and, and I know that when we're building, when I've been doing some API work at Muntos, and I was I was unhappy that I was not going to be able to use um, um, Frappy because we had some requirements to provide uh, a SOAP interface for some people, and Frappy it does they don't do SOAP. So uh, I was kind of uh, I was kind of yeah. disappointed, but you never know. I mean, things. Uh, Things change at some point. My uh, pissing and moaning to Ben about the state of this stuff may uh, prompt him to to give in just to shut me up, and I may actually get right. to extract that stuff out and say um, soap is the past, and we're going to force people to use uh, to use uh, if not REST, at least uh, an RPC API right, um, right. type deal. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is though there's a there's a good little story that I think underlines some of my it, my issues with this. So we had a uh, so we were using. In our in our in our Git repo, we have both uh, a lithium side and a, a you know a frappy section. So the, and they're really different components of our servers. Um, and then you know of course we've got the stuff like on the front end for JavaScript, HTML, CSS, you know all that logic that's that's there. And before I, I or when I came on initially, we had uh, some stuff uh, that was we didn't have a public API built like of any, I mean, it wasn't the, the site really wasn't public anyway, but we didn't have a public API for it. And, um, one of the things is when I started looking at, you know, building that, uh, I decided that, you know, instead of trying to do something, uh, based on the existing code we had there, I said, well, why don't I take frapping? This is going to allow me to build this stuff a lot faster. Right. So that would, that's very true. Um, but, one of the things is is that it, when you get Frappy, uh, there's a a web based UI for administrating, you know the the actions and you know your API methods and endpoints. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, like I'm, okay. I'm familiar so you, with it. I haven't played you, with it a little bit. Yeah. Right, you know all that stuff. Well, it was telling that um, it in that actually to they built that UI uh, or that that web based administration tool on top of Zen Framework. And just the Zen framework stuff that we that is included with Frappy, um, which by the way is only only is related to that web-based administration tool. There's also a CLI tool that doesn't use it. All the all the Frappy code does not use Zen framework. It's just it's just for this UI. 
it at least doubled the size of our code base. Jeez. And that was code base that already had lithium in it too. Well, you know, I don't want to slag David Collier because he's a nice guy and he has bought me many drinks. But wow, that's uh, that's <laughs> well, that, that's, so, uh, that's some serious code bloat there, boys. I'm sorry. Right. I, I love the I love the orchestra guys, and I love that they created Frappy. But man, that needs to change. So, somehow. Yes, I, and and you know, I'm I'm sure they would. And if I uh, if if it was motivation enough, I would take a few days and make the. CLI tool work exactly with uh, what I want, and then I I would just rip out that you know the UI stuff with it because there's no I, I just wouldn't use that aspect, and you can just remove it completely, and Frappy will still work fine. You can just not use that UI tool. You can just remove those files, and it works fine. But you know I don't know you know if you've ever worked on an existing code base that you come onto a project, then you're not you know you're not writing it from scratch, but it's an existing code base. And you know when I came in, there was a lot of code already written for Gimme Bar, right? Um, well, you do a lot of grepping on files, right? Whether you're, you know, I say grepping, but I was, you know, using sublime text or whatever, you know, you're using, uh, so you can imagine what doubling the number of files in there does to, you know, how long you have to wait for things to come up. Absolutely. I can speak from my own experiences at at Moontoast that we have, I work uh, on two different apps. One that's a Zen framework, uh, one point, uh, one something and uh, an old creaky symphony 1.2 one that's been all hacked to shit. And yeah, I mean, you think it's bad with doing something like that. I'm having to constantly make that uh, context switch between two different frameworks and okay. dealing with our own and dealing with our own custom uh, extensions on the framework itself, changing its um, default behavior, which is always lovely when you go to search online to find a solution to a particular problem. You find it, oh, but we implemented a custom solution, so I have to go and and again grab through the code and figure out how the custom solution is doing. So, yeah, so it's it, and I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I, you know, thinking about this, I think what a lot of these these full stack frameworks tried to solve this problem of where we saw. PHP programmers um, putting together this messy, hacky, junky code where they're, you know, including a header and a footer file on each page, you know what I mean? Or putting, like, database connections, you know, DBCon stuff, you know, on on the page itself and intermixing HTML and, and PHP and, and or HTML, and you'd have... SQL and HTML and CSS and JS all on the same file. Oh, right? I am, I am right. totally, yeah, I'm and totally I did, with I you. I did that. Yeah. I wrote code like that for years, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I can kind of understand that reaction. I think what, I think the feeling I have, though, is that PHP solved, you know, when you talk about, you know, some people say PHP, is, you know, tries to solve the web problem. It's very good at solving the web problem. My experience, like in the past few years, has been that PHP is very good at solving a web problem uh, from like five or six years ago. And the, and the things that I want to do now, the web problems that I have, you know, air quotes, um, it doesn't do such a good job at. I, I think there's, there's uh, this sort of, it, it's, Ability to work well with, um, to say, be there as a as a complement to uh, 
uh, rich client-side applications that are done in JavaScript, HTML, CSS, whether those are deployed in the browser or not, um, I think is problematic. And I think other approaches in languages that uh, like um, like Python or Ruby ha- are better. Um, the a ton of PHP expertise and and thinking and and it, with PHP more so than with these other languages because they tend to be more general purpose like Ruby and Python and uh, uh, you know those languages ha- are not weren't really designed to solve one problem they were designed to be general purpose languages so PHP tends to mix its like like it, it's it's features and it like and its functionality and its core fundamentals are all kind of they they bleed a lot right yeah. um so so php has set itself up to do certain things really well but those tend to be things that you do for web applications written between i would say 1999 and 2005 and those tend to be things like um doing all of your uh your creation of documents and putting all your logic and rendering out finished HTML that you then serve up to the browser almost as a dumb client. It's really good at that. I mean, and I think you could tell it's really good at that. It's design. I mean, it was designed from the outset to be embedded within pH within HTML. If it wasn't, there'd be no reason to have to put, you know, a, uh, less than a uh, question mark PHP at the beginning of every single PHP file, right? So so to, to break out a torturous metaphor, because I joke about this all the time, right. that we're past Web 2.0, and we're into what I call Web Pi, right? Web uh-huh. 3.14159, right? Yeah, right. Where we've moved to re- where there's a demand for re- real-time stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean... I've never thought about. It. I think you, that's a really good analogy that you brought up, where where PHP seems to have been written to solve a particular set of problems for a particular uh, time frame, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, I mean, more and more, it seems like there seems to be starting to exist better options for the client side work, for especially as the browsers get beefier and machines in general get beefier. Uh, that they can process JavaScript a lot better. So in, in some ways, I wonder if, if we're not even heading towards a, f- a future where PHP starts uh, fulfilling the role as um, a lightweight server component so that, you know, your Java, you're going to do some front-end thing. It could be JavaScript, it could be Google Dart, could be, God, I don't know, it could be anything that'll make a call to a little server that's a little web server that's running PHP and will spit back shit to you in JSON and, and there's no more of this of, of trying to get a PHP to do exactly what you talk about. Process data on the back end then spit out a complete finished um, uh, HTML product. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of that, uh, of that idea? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think PHP, because it has had to be able to talk to a lot of different systems that are usually inside of this, you know, web platforms, uh, or you know web stacks, uh, so tons of different databases and different uh, you know HTTP servers and stuff like that. I think that one example is we're we're doing some stuff right now that's, that's based on uh, using Backbone JS, which is a pretty cool. And there's there's some different there's a number of different frameworks that are that are coming out on for client side JS to do this kind of thing. But Backbone is uh, it's uh, kind of a lightweight. Um, 
uh, way to organize a client-side application. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen Backbone, and it intrigues me because it seems to have some behavior that seems, uh, I know it's a bad thing to, thing to say, but seems magic to this experience of Elper. I look at it, right. and they talk about how changes bubble back up, and I'm like, how does it do that? Because from, well, from the from yeah. the pH from the from the uh, stateless PHP side of things, I look at. But I'm thinking, but that's such a violation in so many ways of the uh, of the stateless uh, shared nothing nature of PHP. And I'm like, I look at some of that stuff for background. I'm like, that is awesome that it can do that sort of stuff right. for you, you. That know? stuff really comes from the um, the event models or the the uh, the DOM event. Uh, stuff that's built into browsers. It's actually not part of JavaScript, so it's part of what they're. That's what they're using. Oh, I know that. It, I know like that it's leveraging. Right. Yeah, I know that it's leveraging. You know, the browser-specific stuff to make it happen. And I think I'm starting to see where you're going with this because really PHP. You can look at it this way: PHP doesn't care what's talking to it. So, and uh, and that is a could be a strength, and but it also I think these days, given how much interactivity. And sort of responsiveness that people are expecting out of applications that you look at stuff and you go like, there's just no way for, there's no way for PHP alone to, uh, uh, to make that happen. And well, yeah. So, so there's actually a specific thing I've been running into. It comes up with backbone and, and you can work around this, um, but backbone by default to do some stuff where it tries to, it has an operate, it has some operations to basically, Synchronize data between the models that you have that are in the client on the client side running in the browser and stuff on the server side. So you really have to think about them as like two different applications. Well, so it's communicating over HTTP. Well, one of the things by default, it's going to use the put verb, the HTTP put verb. Um, You can tell it not to and to use post instead, but it tries to be, you know, uh, HTTP specification and compliant and, and do it the way that you're supposed to use put and all that. Well, I don't know if you've done much stuff with uh, with uh, uh, PHP um, with uh, ever working with the put verb. Well, it doesn't come up much of the time because PHP handles stuff like get data and post data really, really, really well. And so most yeah. of the time you don't even think about it because most of those applications they've written in PHP probably just use those two. Um, well, if you want to use put, it gets more complex because there's a lot of niceties and, and like magic stuff that PHP does for you with dealing with get and post that it will not do for you with put. There's no, I don't believe a put super global. Um, there's uh, you know, there's no, um, and by the same token, there's no like delete mat. There's no like magic stuff that it does on the delete stuff either. I think what, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that's an example of where, really fundamental to the language and fundamental to all the expectations that you have in the PHP community of core stuff is, is it work is its ability to work with HTTP out of the box. And, but now when people want to, now there's a lot of different um, components out there of web applications that are starting to speak parts of HTTP that PHP is not particularly good at, that it's not used to doing it that way. And now what I think you're running into is that culturally, uh, PHP ha- is really, really bad at adapting to that. And I say that because um, there isn't a way for somebody who to... There, there's really two different ways you could do this. You could do it in user space 
with like you know a user you know somebody writes a PHP library to do that and yeah that's fine. Um, but what happens is that doesn't end up uh, you don't have really a good popular centralized repository for this kind for that kind of code code that's completely decoupled from other code right uh, code you know libraries that just exist in their own entities and hell no I'm not going to go to phpclasses.org and download something um, <laughs> right uh, so the, and there's no package management on that kind of stuff. Pair could conceivably do that, but I think really what there are is there's cultural stuff that goes along with that. Um, but that's a whole that's a whole another discussion. Um, I I think that um, so what happens is when you do have stuff that handles that those things well, that kind of work ends up being put into something that's specific only to one particular framework. It's like, hey, this only works with Cake, or this only works with Symphony, or this or that. I can't pull that out and actually use that without having to increase my code base. You know, doubling my code base, adding hundreds, if not thousands, of files to it. Okay. And then, so the only other way to deal with that is you have to uh, you don't you do it on the extension level, or and and or you try to get it into core PHP. Uh, the extension level can work okay if you can write C, and you're cool with doing all the packaging stuff for that and junk. And you're okay with the fact that tons and tons of people are never going to be able to install that. Okay. Or you could try uh, doing something about, you know, that's the you know, addressing it on the core language level. And again, because when we talk about the core language level with PHP, it's not that the language specification and, and the function and the features are really so intertwined that they're, they're not really different, you know. And, and so, so, getting somebody to now you have to convince people that this matters and that this is really going to help, you know, uh, enough people. So to slip that into as a, as a core, you know, feature of the, of the, of the language. Um, it seems to me that culturally, none of those PHP doesn't do any of those things very well. So as a consequence, it's doing a really, really shitty job. I think of adapting to where, uh, web-based applications are going and have been going for a few years. Yeah, for example, I just, while you were talking, I decided to go search for solutions for doing, accepting put methods, right, mm -hmm. using PHP. The example right on the PHP website is that you're using fopen and you're listening on a stream. Yeah, and I know because I've, I've written yeah. code to do that. Yeah, and but I look at that and I go, that's not put, that's completely faking it because the language can't differentiate, doesn't the language just doesn't know what a put request is. Right, and and you know when I when I talked about knowing little like obscure, unrelated pieces of information, that's a really good example of it. Because if you don't know that that you have to do that particular piece, you don't have to do it that particular way. Wouldn't you expect it to work like the other HTTP verbs that work really well? <laughs> you know, no, you have to go. You have to go about it in a completely different way. It's not. It's in no way. Um. Uh, what's the word? It's it's not. Uh, it's not. It's it's completely not obvious. It's not intuitive in any way that you'd say, okay, this follows from that. Um. So, and not only that, it's really really clunky. The implementation. Not only does it work differently, it's really clunky. So you know, if you do it via post, you get a nice set. Uh, you know, you get a nice hash. You know, of all your stuff in, a, in an array structure. 
well, try getting that stuff and put, and you, you're probably going to end up having to process that stuff manually where you're actually taking raw stuff and breaking it apart oh. and, and building hashes that way and then working with it. Well, well, shit, if I'm going to do that, I could write that in, in a hundred different languages. What's the advantage of using PHP there? In that case, PHP has actually now become a liability for me. And, and because of these cultural things, PHP is not a, the PHP, you know, I guess development community isn't, it can't, doesn't adapt quickly enough to that. Now, if I was a member of like the Zen framework community or what have you, I might be in better shape. Or if I was a member of the Symphony community, I might be in better shape, but I'm not. You know, I'm I, I'm not particularly interested in kind of tying myself into something like that anymore. And, the, hey, it's great if it works for other people. That's fine. That's cool. But that's not really what I want to do. I, 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 it just isn't. And um, I think I, I, I think it's it's a real it's a it's a it's a real problem with it. So that's I've kind of gone from the past few years like being frustrated with this and having some motivation to try to change it to, to be honest, after see, after kind of like in the last year, uh, seeing how stuff was kind of going with getting a few things into PHP core related to like maybe making, um, larger multidimensional, like writing out larger multidimensional array stuff and things like that, a little bit less verbose, um, things like that. And seeing what a gigantic pain in the ass, and just what a what a shitstorm of entitlement and you know dickheadedness that that yeah, I mean, turned look, into. Look at all the look at all the nonsense over something like short array syntax, dude. Who gives a fuck, man? Really, I'm sorry. You know what? I mean, yeah, maybe it wouldn't benefit you exactly, but it doesn't mean it's fucking stupid. And there's there, you can there's demonstrable use cases for it. I I don't I, what I don't get is a language that in, you know, say 2002 was so fucking pragmatic as PHP, now has, shit doesn't get done because of this bullheaded uh, you know, insistence on you know, well, you just shouldn't do it that way, so whatever, you know, stuff that does, that works that way is just stupid. Well, you know what? That's, okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it just makes me. There's, there's. Uh, somebody told me once. He said, "I lost my give a shit in this." And you know, you get to a point yeah, where it's I just can, like, I can, yeah, I can definitely, understand dude. I just that. don't. Yeah. It's like, look, I write a lot of PHP every day, but really, what it is is I take code and I like, I know what I'm doing, and I write this stuff out, and it gets the stuff done, and, and you know, okay, it's fine, and I look stuff up. But I don't really have much joy about it anymore. I'm not really excited about it. I'm not excited about um, because it seems to me that yeah, it's working well for now. But every time I, it seems like I write shit out. I'm like, I just see a lot of cruft around there, and I don't see a lot of like, I don't. It, it, it maybe it's just stuff just looks kind of dank and and not so much fun anymore because when I see it, when I write it, I just see like how, how this shit's just getting mishandled and it's not, you know, and isn't, I don't know, man. I'm just, no, I, I, it's like what I talked about when we first started discussing all this stuff tonight, where it's like you use the tool so much that you start to see all the flaws 
and all the all yep. the things where it's almost it's like where you start becoming uh, obsessed with the idea that that the that the tool if it no longer fits a hundred percent of your need that it's horribly broken. I mean, there are people who are like that who are like if this tool doesn't meet every single one of my needs, then it's garbage, and I and I have to go create my own. And and, and you know, understandably, a lot of really interesting tools. And stuff come out of that attitude where my needs are so unique that I can't possibly accomplish this with the existing tools. Right. But I, I hear you. I, I mean, I write reams of PHP code too. And the thing that that drives me nuts is that because I have a desire to have these things um, testable and extendable, and the ability um, for purely selfish reasons to to make it as easy as possible to go from writing code to having it. Uh, deployed into production and and not have bugs happen right. that it becomes like I look at it and go this is this is a fight and it and, and it's a struggle to to not only do these things but to get other people to appreciate them as well yeah. and I look at and, and I look at I mean for all the slagging of rails they have embraced the testing mantra like a motherfucker yeah. they're like uh, I, I bet you, of all the programming, of all the web programming languages out there, I would be willing to, to imagine that that Rails, the, the percentage of, of Rails developers who write tests and maintain those tests, and those tests become an integral part of the application, I bet that percentage is more than the rest of the web-based languages added up together in terms of the percentage of users who are committed to testing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I... Uh, I uh, as you probably have heard me talk a, bit, a little bit about on Twitter, said I'm writing a book right now that I start off as an outshoot of the uh, November uh, writing month, right? So I'm about halfway done. And it's about building testable applications in PHP. And as I'm writing this book, I want to get it done because when I start selling it, um, I can pay for my new iPhone and a whole bunch of other toys, right? right. But, but spread some wisdom to other developers. And, and, and I'm thinking it's such a struggle to, to, to get across to people that that testing matters, that elegance matters, that less friction in what you're doing matters, and sometimes uh, and uh, my biggest complaint with PHP at this point in time is that since it's tied so closely to the web, there are ridiculous hoops that you have to be willing to jump through if you want to make your code testable in an automated way, so you can pursue that holy grail of. Uh, continuous deployment where I will do it because my goal is that uh, one day at Muntos and it may not never happen for PCI compliance reasons, but to literally I'm going to write some code and I'm going to commit this code and that code will go through a battery of automated tests and then it will go up into production by itself provided I've provided I've done everything right. And PHP makes that so difficult because it is so easy to slide past all that stuff because of its web uh, heritage because it grew up on the web because it's so easy to stick a, a, a to use this server super global to pull stuff in and to always assume uh, that it's running in the web and it's never going to run um, server side you know all that stuff so w- when you talk about the the pain that you feel from trying to do something as stupid as support proper use of an HTTP put uh, my pain is looking at us and saying God damn it this is so fucking difficult to 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 write to write uh, uh, terse code that will live in multiple environments so that I can automate this stuff. So I can commit code and have tests run and know that I haven't broken anything. 
And you know, and even even just getting buy-in with that within a company can sometimes be ridiculously difficult. Now, I don't know if, if uh, my guess would be knowing you and Sean Coates a little bit that I would imagine that you don't have a lot of tests in there. And and I would be, and I personally would be surprised if you guys had uh, automated testing going. I would be very impressed actually. I don't know but, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I mean. It's it's that the the culture of PHP, I think has become very resistant to change that it's really, it's a really hard slog to promote uh, new practices and even new ideas for PHP itself to convince people to say, Hey, there is a good reason why we should look at these things. And, you know, I remember many times just people, I talk to them about testing and, and the only thing they say, well, that's going to take longer. And then I try to say to them, yeah, but don't you see that if you had some tests, right it would reduce the likelihood that you're working at 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning to fix a bug because you guys chose to launch on Friday and you guys didn't bother really testing anything. Yeah. I, I, I think sometimes, I mean, I'm, and you may have a better perspective on this because you, you read my ranking and ravings on Twitter, that sometimes I feel like, Christ, I come across as such an asshole about the testing thing. And it's like sometimes I feel like people start to tune out when they hear all the time about best practices. They're like, I, you know, I met, dude, I just want to get my work and, and I sympathize yeah. with that. And many times I write code and I'm like, you know, I really need to get this done. I just want to get this done. And I don't know what it is about PHP that where they've just said that, that they seem to have a problem in, uh, importing culture change from other programming languages. I mean... Which is funny because PHP uh, in so many places has adopted stuff uh, from other... Uh, technologies or other languages or things like that. I mean, it's got. It seems, yeah, it seems know. almost like yeah, it seems almost like programming technique is something they have a hard time importing from other. That could be uh, other cultures, you know, from other programming cultures, you know, because I mean, Sebastian Bergman has busted his ass for how many years now working on PHP unit, getting to the point where it is a top-notch, high-quality, easy-to-use tool, right. and still, even still now. Uh, um, I would feel like uh, a street corner preacher standing on a milk crate, screaming about testing and, and, and continuous deployment, uh, knowing, deep in, knowing deep inside that it is a good benefit, but struggling mightily to figure out a way to convince other people that it's worth the effort. Because I think you're right. PHP sometimes makes some parts of uh, computer, I, I don't even know the right label to apply to it, what you would call ecosystem stuff, getting people to do things uh, uh, in different ways, it makes it so tough because the core group just doesn't embrace those things. Yeah, I, th- you know, I think that I don't know. It's uh, I, well, know, look there's, at there's, well, look, okay, look at testing. Look at PHP itself. How uh, until re- I mean, you look at if you do a make test, if you compile PHP from from scratch, there's tests that fail. Not even test that, and I understand that they will do intelligent things and skip tests if you don't have certain components installed. But even having a whole bunch of tests that fail seems to elicit a shrug from the core group. Yeah, and, that's, and that just baffles me. Well, that, that that sort of bothered me when I see some dudes who are like, "Well, if you didn't run tests, you just shut up about it." Well, I don't know, man. I I guess sometimes it it feels like it's tough because PHP doesn't have a core leader or you know 
small leadership set that is motivated to take it in a particular direction and is willing to do that. And that, that's not necessary. Look, you know, different people have different approaches for that. So I, I it's just, you know, whether you want to be laissez-faire about it or not, I, I, I don't know. At the But the, the end of the day, I, I think that it's really, it gets really frustrating when you have situations and I'm not as familiar with it because honestly, I've stayed away from, uh, even, you know, reading much of the internal stuff because it just seems like people are such dickheads to each other on it. But, yeah, you know, a, a lot of entrenched interests and it's almost like they're, right. it's almost like they're being defensive about what they've done. And it's like, you don't need to be yeah. that way. You know, yeah. PHP's, PHP is indirectly owned by everybody that's using it. So you shouldn't feel threatened. I know it's only natural, but you should, you'd think these people would have thick enough skins that they wouldn't feel threatened when someone says, Hey, you know what? I'd like to see this done differently. And, yeah, you know, and, and it just and it just seems like it's the it's the same sort of blocks that get put up on other open source projects. They're like, well, if you if you want this fixed, fix it yourself. And it's like that's a very disingenuous thing to say because the the group of people who use PHP and have the required C or C plus plus chops to make changes is remarkably small, and pretty much I would say. 95% of that particular community is already working on PHP. But yeah, and so I think, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think that's just the way it is until you have somebody who has, who's motivated enough and feels strongly enough um, about uh, this to say, no, I think it should be this way and just either does, you know, something dramatic like saying, well, if you know if this isn't up to snuff, it doesn't ship. You know what I mean? Um, and there's just a, a I, 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 I would assume. I mean, I it was my understanding that there were a, like that. What was it with the five three seven release? There were a bunch. It shipped with a bunch of failing tests, and there were like some fundamental. There was like some fundamental bugs with like crypto or something like that. Yeah, where where somebody had made a change and they didn't bother testing the change. Right. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, to some extent, I worry a little bit about, you know, sitting here from, at least from my balcony and being, and, and criticizing because it's not like I could, I, I, you know, I couldn't have done it myself. Oh, I, I you know. know. And, and, um, we, and we speak from the, uh, the, using the hipster 2020, uh, we're much cooler because we're not involved in this and we didn't actually yeah. have to make those hard decisions. But yes, I tell you, it's a PR problem. It's hard it's hard to shake it. It's hard to shake it. Uh, you know, what's that old saying? A reputation takes years to build and can be lost in a second. You know, it's like, you know, PHP is still in a pretty good position, but man, you can almost sometimes get that feeling that is it even, is it even fighting the same battle anymore? You know what I mean? It's like, well, the world's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like everybody else is kind of moving this direction. And is, is PHP have a blindfold on and is swinging in the dark? You know what I mean? I look at it and go, right. Uh, all this time invested in PHP, and sometimes I sit there and say, man, is it still worth it? Is it still worth it? Yeah, I think that it's, you know, I don't know. People who've been involved in this, in PHP, as, as a much longer-running project and, and much larger, involving way, 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 way more people than I ever have with any project I've ever did would know more about it than I would. But I will say that something that I felt worked 
that worked well for when I was working with Spaz, which was you know still going on. Um, but one of the things I established a couple of years in was, uh, oh, and to be clear, I've stepped down from that project because I didn't feel like I was you know in a place where I could really handle sort of the stress and uh, and, and being involved in it and uh, still being able to do the things I have to do, like have you know be good at my day job and and be a good husband and be a good father and stuff like that and you know sometimes you gotta kind of make hard decisions like that um but uh one of the things that i think uh worked really well with the spas project was having setting up a statement of purpose that that really defined exactly why i was doing this and i think you know it also so and the other folks who were involved with it, you know, I got feedback from them and stuff like that. Other folks who were involved with it, um, you know, kind of went along with that too. And, and it sort of set a tone and a direction and would help answer questions when you have questions about like, what should, what, you know, what kind of things should we do this or should we do that? You know, what have you. Um, and one of the things I wonder about is I, I wonder if there's something like that for PHP you know, as a language, is there some kind of statement of purpose? Like, I mean, I know there's a lot, of, there's like, you know, it's funny that I don't necessarily even know, maybe there is one, but it often feels like there's not really a clear statement there about like, why does this exist? And maybe, you know, maybe at the end of the day, what it is, is that it's an, it's something that grew organically and may or may not, you know, fade away organically and that's just what happens and i guess at the end of the day you kind of have to be okay with that if you if you buy it like what brought it into existence that was really cool you also have to kind of you know buy the way it goes when it may you know not you know may not fit the needs of people you know 10 years later or what have you um but uh, man am i wrong is that i'm not really aware of any kind of like this no, is why yeah, it exists, I, right? uh, yeah, I get the distinct impression that at, that at this point, I mean, and again, I must qualify that I do not participate in internals. I don't read any of those discussions. I just get to hear all the her, uh, heresy and, and other comments made on Twitter that, yeah, it's almost like PHP has taken on a life of its own. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. It grew organically and maybe it's going to slowly fade away organically. So, Ed, I can see by the clock on the wall we're getting close to the end of our rambling time here. Yeah. So, um, so since our theme was kind of the stuff that we don't like about PHP, uh, I mean, um, what's one thing that you – I mean, I know that I've talked about things that I feel that are missing from the PHP um, ecosystem. Uh, so I wanted to talk just kind of briefly a little bit about that, and then we can wrap things up, I think. But, I mean, I mean, I think that I think we've seen the we've seen a return of the not invented here stuff that's coming up again with with PHP because of people's unhappiness about existing solutions. If we look at the framework stuff, not only do we have an explosion of of newer uh, frameworks written that are targeting five point three, so lithium. Um, Zen Framework 2, um, Symphony 2. But the problem I'm seeing is, is is the packaging thing. Do you think that's salvageable at all, that we could end up with some sort of sane uh, packaging standard that everybody is, that, uh, that you know, it's such an Aryan phrase to say, but everybody who matters can get behind? Did you say that was an Aryan phrase? And, and, <laughs> no, arrogant. 
Uh, must be my uh, Canadian uh, accent. No, an arrogant phrase to say that uh, because it seems that packaging becomes the key. And if things really are going to get to be, uh, if they really want to move towards making things modular and not just insisting on you have to use everything instead of just a component that you want, do you really? Uh, we can talk about this for a little bit, and then I can, and then you can ask me about something that's bugging you about PHP. Um, do you think the whole packaging situation and distribution is even salvageable and if anybody should really bother? I think... Like, is it worth it to have a PHP version of GEM or PIP or NPM? Do you really think it's worth it? Um, well, you know, the funny thing is I, I think that the, I do think those things are worth it, but it, that, that tends to be... I think it, you would say that it's worth it if you're willing to put is it worth it to you to the point where you're willing to really put time in to help with it? And, you know, it's, it, it's, I, uh, you know, I had some discussions with a couple of the folks who were involved with pair, um, about, you know, kind of trying to address this issue. And my feeling was that they, that there's already like, you're kind of like 90, 95% of the way there already with the pair infrastructure. It's really just a matter of doing a few things to make that, to make it so you don't have to jump through as many hoops to uh, to like access different you know say code libraries or things like that um, because you have to do this you have to go through the channel discovery step for pair to right. access different stuff and so it's not it's really not it's not easy to come across code <laughs> you know that maybe people have put out there but you don't really necessarily know about um, and. I, now, there's also some cultural stuff that goes into that, too, that I think people just get mad because they see pair, right? Um, and, and they just, either, you know, I don't know to even deal with that. Maybe just give it a different name. I don't know. But there's, there's I guess there's two things. Is Do I think it's worth it? My feeling is, yeah, probably if I look at it, just if I'm just looking at it logically, based on the fact that there's so many people who do PHP, there's going to be a small percentage of them who do want to use something like that. But that is probably still a pretty significant number of people, all right. Um, so it's not like you and a couple other guys, right? It's going to be probably a large number of people who want to, who are interested in that. Now, there's another question though about that: is like, is it worth it to uh, you, you in general, not you specifically, uh, to actually put time into making that happen? I was working on Spaz, and I was I, I was in doing I was in the middle of a bunch of you know different stuff that was going on. So fundamentally, what it came to was, no, I'm not you know, whether through procrastination or laziness or just being busy with other stuff, uh, it wasn't worth it to me obviously to actually put the time into to to start making that happen. Now. I hope that there are other people who are that motive, who are more motivated to do it. I'm not sure that I'm any more motivated now than I was then, um, and it's kind of disappointing. And I feel sort of bad because I had some good conversations with with some folks, and we could map out a way where we think we could have probably you know made it work from a technical standpoint. Um, we're really kind of simplifying that pr that discovery process so that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to search around and you know. Google for, you know, pair channel information so you can add it and junk like that, right? So, you know, and hopefully that would make that whole process easier. Uh, but, you know, it, 
it, it comes down to like, is it worth it? Is it, are you motivated enough to actually make it happen? And in my case, you know, I guess I wasn't. Uh, so. Yeah, no shame uh, in that, Ed. Absolutely no shame I, in you that. Know, yeah, I mean, um, now, that's just, that's just what happened. And, and I, I felt kind of bad about that, but, um, I think that's that. That's how that kind of ended up. Um, I I would like to see that change, but my my kind of my feeling is that there's enough other stuff that keeps pulling smart, motivated people into it that this this thing is not unless it has a really strong champion who's super motivated to make it happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Alas, poor pair, I knew it well. Yeah, yeah. I And I, I kind of, you know, like I said, I think technically, I think the infrastructure is pretty much there. Um, but it might be that you maybe change the name, I don't know, and you reboot it. You know what I mean? Uh, but that I can throw out ideas all day long, but I, I kind of feel like I've got other stuff that, that, mo- that I'm more motivated to do. You know what I mean? So what about you? Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you were talking about, and you, you've done a, a fair bit of Python stuff uh, for and for doing different kinds of tooling and things like that. Um, uh, things about uh, how how testability and how PHP sometimes lean maybe lends itself too easily to untestable <laughs> code or, or harder to test code. What what's the kind of stuff that you see that if you wish you could change? about it like fundamentally you think would make a difference there well it's um yeah you know like because i i think i think testability for php will always be a struggle um because like we talked about earlier with python being a general purpose language python on the server happened first and then some really smart python programmers figured out how to bolt the request response cycle on top of it. So it's really just as simple as include a few libraries and all of a sudden your little P, your little Python script running on a specific port can handle incoming requests. And it's really as simple as that. PHP, I think, will always be way too tied to the web um, and that uh, autom- the ability to write tests for it, automated tests, because any, any damn fool can just make a change and save and fucking reload the browser page, which is probably, which is probably the way that 99% of all PHP testing um, happens. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how, I don't see that there can ever be enough uh, fundamental changes made to PHP as a language itself to make that task easier. Uh, writing tests will always be a struggle because people will always question the return on the investment. And I can trot out my favorite little anecdote that IBM did a study where they compared uh, um, uh, projects that use test-driven development, which ones that didn't. And they found that for the test, uh, the test uh, ones that used testing was that it took 20 to 40% longer to get shit done, but you ended up with 40 to 90% fewer bugs. But Humans are terrible at predicting the future. And I think most people are suspicious when zealots like me say, dude, you can spend 20% extra time and have 90% fewer bucks. People don't, they don't, they don't, they don't want, 
I think on some level they want to believe it, but they can't bring themselves to. They look at they say right. Harchis, they say Harchis is full of shit, and then he's trying to sell us something, <laughs> right? More in lines of I'm trying to sell people my book, but but the thing is, people people in general are terrible at predicting the future, and I think uh, computer programmers are even worse at that than the average person of not understanding um, unintended consequences and not understanding the idea of of paying for something now, uh, making a down payment on something because it's going to pay off down the road. I, I, I I wish I could really, I wish there was an easier way to convince people of that. The effort required to, uh, commit to testing, um, produces, um, produces a better product because you could try to frame it in terms of like a monetary thing with the non, with the people who sign the checks by saying, well, it'll cost, It'll cost two hours of my time to fix this bug in development, or it can cost six hours of my time in production. But then they think their mind says, well, then if he does his job properly, then he won't be spending those six hours anyway. But we, you and I both know that that's not the case. Bugs happen, stuff happens, shit happens, and we can't predict the future. But I always, I I, I just think with PHP, it will never be, I don't think it'll be any easier than it is now to test uh, to to create automated uh, test suites for your code, I really think that we've reached a peak, a peak in terms of the available tools. It, it may get, I mean, the tools themselves to support this may get easier, but in terms of PHP itself, I don't think it's ever going to get any easier. It requires a level of discipline that, and again, this is going to sound not Aryan but arrogant. <laughs> that, <laughs> that it requires a level of discipline that I think a lot of developers they're just not interested. They're really not interested. Uh, the The percentage of people who are developers who really deeply care about their craft is very, very small. Uh, the vast majority of these of them of people view them as a job that pays the bills, and they write their code from nine to five and they go home. Uh, of course, we don't see that because we're a self. I like this phrase too: a self selecting group that we've chosen to associate with like minded people. And I think even though you don't do it, Ed, I think you can agree that there is. There is benefits to being pragmatic about your testing and that a certain level of automated testing um, is a benefit that's worth investing in. I've, I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've definitely started to move away from uh, unit testing is the solution to all the problems that I think that having automated, I think the, the big benefit is that now we have tools to do automated integration testing. And those tools, if they get better, then I think it becomes a lot easier to convince PHP developers uh, to write tests to say that, look, from the command line, you can write a script that will, that will run a browser and run a bunch of automated tests for you and point out to you what's broken. So that the idea being that I don't want to, I hate, I hate that whole fucking save, reload, save, reload cycle. hate it. That's why I invest so much time in trying to learn how to use these automated tools and why I spend so much time bugging Ben Ramsey in our company meetings about saying, like a little petulant kid, you promised you'd take me to the ice cream parlor to get some ice cream. Yeah. That, with it being that you've promised me that we're going to set, set aside some time to get testing up and going. So, to, so in a roundabout way to answer your question, Ed, I would have to say that I think right now the tools available for testing, this is as good as it's going to get, and that the, that the improvements in the, in the testing stuff are going to have to come from within. From, from There has to be a tipping point where the community itself decides that committing to testing is a good thing. And I would love to have that happen because it would help me sell a lot more books. Right. But, uh, but I, 
I feel definitely in the very uh, in a very vocal minority that believes that testing is valuable. That would most people unfortunately view testing as a waste of time. That, yeah. uh, that they're ju- that they feel like they're not going to get the return. And I always just tell these people, I would rather fix my bugs during my regular work day than uh, than on a weekend when I want to be doing something else. Yeah. Now to, to defend myself a little bit. I actually have written unit tests and functional tests in the past. And I don't know. I, I still oh, try I, to. Sure. But no. I'm, I'm not saying you haven't, Ed. I'm just saying you, you, you have a foot in both camps. You've written the test, but also you've been in the scenario where, oh, yeah. where, where it appears that the, the, you know, the return on the investment for investing the time, because developer time isn't cheap. Right. For the most part, that the investment on time is, is tough for a lot of people to just, I think it, I, I think, uh, what I found is that it's as, when you start dealing with really large with with larger systems, it becomes you get to a point where it's so hard to predict what's going to happen when you make a change that at that point you realize that you you really wish you had written tests already for it. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I can yeah. say my my own experience with trying to shoehorn tests into an existing uh, legacy application uh, is that it's a very difficult task and very very difficult to get uh, buy-in without a major, uh, it's unfortunately one of these things where a major crash and burn has to happen to the application for the people who make the decisions on resource allocation to say, okay, it's obvious that we need to, to make this, that, that this resulted because this app is so fragile, we can no longer change anything with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we've, uh, you know, I, I, I've been in cases uh, where we've hit that and I think it, uh, I think it, it motivates doing a different way uh, the next time you try to get around that. So, well, we've probably spent enough time tonight. Yeah, we're, we're at the ninety-minute raw mark, so oh, that's uh, yeah. Well, I think we've done an awesome job, Ed. This was awesome. Yeah, and um, I look forward to doing this again many, many times with you. Um, I already have ideas for what I want to talk about next time. Oh, that sounds great, man. Okay, well, cool. Hey, yes. Yeah, uh, so, and and anybody out there who's listening, thanks so much for hanging around for the whole time and. Uh, as always, you can. I think you can hit either one of us up on Twitter, and at some point, I guess Ed will edit this out. At some point, when we have a, a domain page, uh, we have a website for the for the little podcast. People can uh, send us comments. That way. Yeah, sounds great. All right, talk to you later, Ed. All right, I'll talk to you.